Welcome to the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. And today we're talking about the chatbot game, Event Zero. What I mean by a chatbot game is that you have to type in, just like any old school chat interface, to interact with the only other thing in the game, which is the chatbot. Event Zero was made by the Ocelot Society, and it was released in September of 2016. And obviously, there's more to this game, but I'm going to pass it off to Tom for a little bit more context on that. Oh no, that's my responsibility? Well, you volunteered for it this time, but now. <laughs> there we go. You've been voluntold. I have been voluntold. Yeah, so it's a really interesting game. It's a, it's a sci-fi game. And the whole game is going to take place kind of on this abandoned spaceship. Uh, the way the game starts is you're you're in your own ship, and I you'll have to forgive me, but I can't remember what happens to your ship. There's some kind of a critical failure. It's not terribly important to the story. Something goes very wrong with your your ship, and you're calling out for help, doing a mayday and whatnot. And the only ship that's nearby and responds is this old derelict ship that I think has been lost for an exceptionally long time. I think hundreds of years. Is that accurate? Uh, like no, just two, a few decades. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it was a very long time. Either way, and you know, longer than you're al- you've been alive, basically. Mm-hmm. And you don't know why it's there, what it is, anything like that. But you're desperate, so you dock with it. And when you arrive there, there's kind of this weird like entryway that kind of like explains the mission of the ship a little bit. And there's an AI that is talking to you via the computer terminal, and the entire game is going to basically take place in conversation between you and this AI. You have a 3D environment to explore, which, by the way, is stunning. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. But you have to talk to the AI. Everything that you do in the game is going to go through that computer terminal. That's kind of what brings a unique experience to the game. It's kind of uncanny that we've now had what, three games or something like that that I've, I've been able to say this is unlike any other game I've ever played what a great <laughs> problem to have um, yes. <laughs> it it is it's genuinely true it's another one of those games that while you're playing it it's it's clearly an interesting and one-off experience so we'll get into that a little bit more but that's basically the core mechanics do you think do you guys have anything else to add I do have some thoughts about how the player moves about in the world, but I will save that for impressions. Fair enough. Mm. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good overview of the context of the game. Yeah, the concept and kind of the, yeah. You basically, you're moving around in a digital space that is the space station, uh, the spaceship. As Tom said, the main mechanic is uh, talking to the AI of the ship to try and move the story forward and figure out what's going on. You have no humans around you to communicate. It's you and the AI. So You and the chatbot. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually kind of an interesting point because this actually did start off as like a, a college project in 2013. So they hmm. basically wanted to make a game out of a chatbot. And after they graduated from the National School of Video Game and Interactive Media in France, the group that developed their first prototype, which was also a chatbot, but they, instead of talking to an AI, you were talking to a number of humans. And there's a different expectation for interacting with humans because, you know, you expect a more natural response. 
and that's incredibly hard to code. So sure. when they decided to make a commercial game out of it, they actually went with an AI instead because that's a little bit more forgiving. So they turned it into a commercial project and they actually got a f- number of grants that kind of let them develop it for the next three years. And during that time, they did the classic game development uh, methodology of trying to make it out of paper after their first prototype. And they were having troubles with it because nobody wants to interact with another player. Like, oh, you'll think I'm an idiot if you do so. It's kind of the same problem with like new D&D players where, oh, I can't get into this character because everybody around me is going to think I'm stupid for being this dumb barbarian or something, right? I should have just gone to the drama club, you know? Yeah, right? No, I agree with that, actually. <laughs> they probably would have gotten better playtests, but... Uh, probably. Maybe biased ones, though, I suppose. Yeah, that's the other uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what they actually had to do was design a mock-up where they had the terminal in, in like, Unity or something, and on the other side of it, they just had another human typing back in response. So the person was taking the interactions a little bit more seriously with the quote unquote AI. And it gave them a lot of interesting feedback on it. Cause I don't know, I'm, I'm probably diving into the weeds a little too much here, but this is really fascinating to me. No, I agree. <laughs> because they realized that yes, they were interacting with this uh, AI, but they weren't necessarily really getting into it. So mm-hmm. what they ended up having to do is giving or is give the playtesters like a little bit of a role. So they had a little bit more buy-in before they interacted with mm-hmm. the AI, hmm. which is actually one of the fascinating things about the beginning of this game mm-hmm. where it goes through basically how you grew up and got into this position or into the situation in the first place. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, um, that you'll notice after playing it a couple times. But all that intro is, is that getting into the mindset to interact. Yeah, exactly. It's that priming. And sure. In my script for the story segment, I called it role play light. Oh Oh, yeah. That's totally fair. Absolutely right about that. Yeah. Kind of through that development process, they uh, got to where they ended up with for event zero. It's really fascinating to me. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes f- to a GDC talk where they, uh, one of the developers talks about it. Uh, I highly recommend listening to it, especially if you're into people with French accents, because he has a very French one, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like a super short history of the game and kind of Ocelot society in general. That's really interesting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that stuff I didn't know. So that's that's really, that puts the beginning of the game in a little different perspective because I was like huh I wonder why this is here because I don't know that it's necessary and apparently it actually is yeah Yeah, I mean beyond like some light world building but it was like I don't know if you need to go this in depth but oh I understand now why it's there sure yeah my first playthrough I literally role-played my character oh yeah like I was like I mean I always role-play my characters when I play games well Okay, so that's actually a funny point, though. Like, I started role-playing it as a character because it forced me to. Like, I didn't have a choice. I had to read and respond to it because it wasn't going to dump me into the intro of the game whether I liked it or not. 
So, like, that was actually a really good point. Like, it got me into a character to interact with the AI. I thought that was really really good. I I did not roleplay it. Um, Well, I mean, I guess I did, kind of. You just roleplayed as yourself? (laughs) Yeah. um, I, I honestly, like, I think I screwed myself over because I kind of knew what the game was at least a little bit in the regard that I knew you're you're going to be talking to a an AI. Mm. And so I like from the beginning I was like I knew I also knew it had multiple endings and so I was like I'm going to be really nice to the AI my first way through and I want to be the biggest jerk to the AI the next way through. I was I was like I immediately approached it as like I want to know the technical details of this AI and and see you know, how smart it actually is, what all the different responses are. So I came at it like a scientist, not like a D&D player, which but, probably hurt my experience slightly, but I still enjoyed the game, so... I, I think that's important to point out, though. Like, even though you you went in with the preconceived notions of, okay, I know this has multiple endings, I'm going to find them, you still ended up with being the biggest, friendliest person in on your first playthrough and a huge jerk on the second one. Well, and, and so here's here's the funny thing. I ended up not doing the jerk thing on the second one because I kind of felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you do kind of develop almost like a pseudo relationship with the AI. And like, I also screwed up my being nice on my first one because I accidentally, like the AI does like this test where it's like, I, I need to be know if I can trust you don't go into this room until I'm ready and I was like okay and I thought it was talking about a different room and so I stumbled straight into the room <laughs> that I wasn't supposed to walk into and the AI immediately oh. flew off the handle on me it was like why oh, don't no. you listen to me and I was like oh shit oh no <laughs> reading comprehension problems <laughs> indeed I just I yeah. you know I'm used to games kind of holding your hand where it's like I'm not, you know, I don't want you to go into this room. And so you're like, okay, well, the game's probably not going to let me. And nope, it lets you. Yeah, it nope, totally it lets, lets you. <laughs> yeah. Just out of curiosity, when you first walked into the room, did you go to the terminal in the far corner? Yes, um, I did, and it exploded. Yeah. Okay. I'm not the only one that tried to use that terminal and had it blow up in their face. Does that <laughs> okay. terminal continue to work if you don't walk in? Because that was something I was wondering. Uh, it's broken when you don't walk in. Oh, yeah. interesting. It breaks yeah. regardless. Yeah, yeah it bra- it's broken regardless. I went straight for it. That was the very first thing I did. And I was able to get on it and start typing, and then it blew up. Yep, same here. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like moths to a fucking flame. Like, oh, yep. this is my interaction face. Exactly. Oh, I was like, oh, this is, must be the next place I need to talk to the, you know, the AI. All right. And then kaboom. And then I was like, oh... Well, that was weird. And then I found another terminal and the AI like cussed me out. And I was like, oh, no, I've done a bad thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I went, in, just bring this up real quick. I went into the uh, this game with a completely different mindset my first playthrough. Because um, we were just coming off of uh, Phasmophobia. Uh-huh. And like I was super primed for a horror theme on this one (laughs) and like the first entry of it was super terrifying and i was like trying to talk to the ai which is uh, named kaizen and (laughs) i was like why aren't you turning on the lights in the next room and it's like just go in there 
And I was like, but it's dark in there. It's like, just well, go in there, you wuss. It, it, it actually, the game, like, the game's design, like, aesthetic design is very, like, it draws very much on Alien. So I could yeah. definitely, my first time through, which um, I have, I had played this game before. This was actually my, my, my second and third time playing it. Um, I played it way back in 2016. Wow. Um, yeah, so uh, so I'd played it before, but my first playthrough as well, I I was concerned that it was going to be a spoopy game because it has that very alien aesthetic and Kaiser yeah. won't turn on the lights immediately and that everything's fucking broken and nobody's there and Kaizen's like not going to tell you what happened to the crew. All Kaizen says is they're gone. And it's, it's like, creepy. oh my god, it's so yeah. creepy. And it's not a horror game at all. Nope, yeah. there's no like, reason to be It's not a horror out. game, so please don't... Even though it kind of looks like it should be, it's not. So don't yep. worry. It's <laughs> totally chill. There's no horror. There's no no jump scares. None of that. Yeah. There so. is technically a way to die, but even yeah. then you have to really be a jerk to get killed. Yeah, yeah. You have to be well, a real bastard. No, yeah. there's a there's a way you can die from being an idiot. I found well, that. there's that too, well, but <laughs> <laughs> even then, like the cost of death in this game is super low. It's yeah. basically none. Yeah. You just respawn. So yeah, so there is that. It basically just kicks you back to the last save point. Yeah. I think so. Yep. No big deal. Yep, you're pre- you're pretty safe in this game. Oh yeah, but... very. Yep. <laughs> and that's kind of the point of it. Like the core of the game is to interact with this chat bot. Not to be scared by an alien or scared um, of the chatbot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, I, I don't know. I think being scared of the chatbot would be an acceptable outcome of this. Because I mean, I mean, it, it draws a lot from two thousand and one. Yes. So, you oh, know, yes. It, uh, I, if you're nervous of the AI, I think that that is done on purpose. Like, yeah. you know, all of the, the retro-futuristic aesthetic and, and the references and stuff. Like, everything's there to make you feel nervous about this AI. Yep. Oh, yeah. Even though I... you may not necessarily have to be nervous about it. Everything's and... there to prime you to feel that way if you get the references that they're drawing from. I was, like, I was trying to be super nice to it on my first playthrough, and it was actually difficult at times because... I was just like, there's no way this thing is is trustworthy, and it says stuff where you're just like, oh hell no. But <laughs> do you want that's... to live? <laughs> yeah. Excuse there's... me. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's lots of alarming points, but yeah, you're right. There's not necessarily a reason to fear the AI, although there's not necessarily a reason not to either. Like, the game keeps it ambiguous on on purpose. So. Yeah. That's actually uh, one of the things that he talks about in the GDC is that's all intentional to prime the player or to humanize the AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If somebody says, like, locks you in a room and says, do you want to live? You get like homicide. This dude is going to kill me vibes, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yep. you know, that's exactly what I was feeling from the AI when it told me that. <laughs> My first playthrough, I was like, uh, I should probably play this cool and act dumb about this. Which, in any horror film, I'd be the first person to die. I'll fully admit that one. Just first person to die, because I'll play stupid or do something that will cause me to be alone. And that's when the murderer hits. And that's what the AI was teaching me in that particular moment. (laughs) Do we want to move to the story segment? 
Yeah, we can absolutely. Since we're beginning story. our oppressions right now, do we want to do the I mean, story and get that? It, it's order? really hard to do. We almost need to work on our, our order because doing impressions at the very end is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think it's a pretty good segue. We could talk about the story because there is yeah. actually a really rich story that you can piece together <laughs> from your interactions with the AI. Yes, and you'll want to. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, they did a good job with it. Yeah. Dead silence. Okay. <laughs> well, like, I, I was, I was wait. I was like, "Is that my cue?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I, we did a real good job of setting you up for that. So you're okay, welcome. Cool. Uh, Excellent. Perfect. By awesome. softballing, we just dropped it in, in, in the floor in front of you. Now you threw it I, over I, your shoulder, and it <laughs> bounced around wildly, and then went behind something you can't get to, just like in the hub in Phasmophobia. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. So. Oh, before I begin the story synopsis, uh, this is the obligatory spoiler warning. Um, there's already been a few, um, and if you, you know, we're talking about the thing, there's going to be spoilers. But um, if you don't want the story or the experience of this game ruined for you, you should pause here, go play it, and come back. Um, yeah. Yes. If it, it really is something you need to experience, and part of the reason that I'm saying that is because it... It's really important to remember that because you are interacting with a chatbot through the game, um, while the story beats happen in a specific linear order, um, you can get a lot of different information at wildly different times throughout the entire game. Yeah. Like, you can have some of the, like, what's intended to be end game reveals. You can get that as soon as you walk onto the ship if you say the right things. Uh, or the wrong that. things as the case may be um yep. so and so like kind of how i have this laid out is the most like sensical version uh <laughs> that i could do so um so yeah so if you don't want that spoiled for you you should definitely go play the game uh and then come back and just for the completely naive point of view because i went in this completely blind not even knowing that it was a chatbot game you've do want to play this game as naively as possible. Yes. Yeah. It is a boon to your experience of this game. I would agree. And that's coming from the Biff, Biff Tannen of this group. So, you know, <laughs> make of that what you will. Yeah. So, Event Zero begins with a kind of text crawl while the camera zooms in slowly on a spaceship in the distance near Jupiter. Uh, you choose your pronouns. Yay! And they're not was, just this, binary. Then they're no. not just binary. They have a non-binary option. And this was the first game I ever played that gave me that option. And it was wonderful. Uh, so you choose your pronouns and your backstory and some personality traits. You can be a child of a war-torn country, a child of a hippie commune, or an orphan from a slum. Uh, this is mostly roleplay light, as we kind of talked about earlier, and doesn't figure directly into the story, but functions as a way to introduce you to the world of the game uh, and the alternate history timeline your character lives in, as well as apparently priming you to actually take the game seriously. <laughs> yes. Uh, in this timeline, uh, the moon landing in the space race of the 60s leads to a unified Earth and global government. Humanity pools their resources to take to the stars. A moon base is built and soon settled, but this is far from a socialist regalitarian regime. Only the very rich and privileged get to go to space, let alone live on the moon. The ruling class are known thereafter as Selenites because they live and rule from the moon base on the moon. You eventually work your way up from your humble beginnings to work as a flight engineer's assistant 
uh, a flight engineer's assistant for International Transport Space Lines, the spacefaring corporation of the United Earth. The company's CEO, Kurt Taylor, recruits you for a special mission to Europa. Europa 11 launches on September 2012. Well, in September 2012. I can't remember the exact date. I apparently didn't write it down. Uh, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's September 2012. I do remember that. Um, on approach to Jupiter, Europa 11's AI sounds a code red. Per protocol, you need to join the rest of the crew on the bridge, but the ship's AI insists it's too dangerous and you must head to the escape pods immediately. There is only one pod left, which you board, and within moments you are jettisoned into space. You try to hail the other escape pods, but there are no answers, and you notice on radar that they do not seem to be under any kind of control. They're just drifting wildly in space, and they're empty. Europa 11's AI refuses to answer your hails as well, and suddenly lets go control of the escape pod. Debris hits the hull of the capsule. Europa 11 is destroyed, and you are alone. You send out a distress signal, but no one hears. You wait a very, very, very long time, but no one is out there to help you. Strangely, even miraculously, you hear music playing through the calm. A woman sings sadly about the end of the world. A ship appears on your radar, and soon it heaves into view. It is a monstrosity from the 80s, some kind of space yacht. You don't know what it is, but you have very little choice but to dock. And that's the opening of the game. <laughs> yep. It is one Actually, hell of an opening, too. It is. Yeah, it's really cool and very theatrical. Yeah, it's very theatrical. It's very cool and, and really gets you into the mood. Um, the actual gameplay begins here. As you board the strange ship, you are greeted by the ship's AI called Kaizen 85 on a keyboard interface. You learn that the space yacht is called the Nautilus and the crew is gone. Kaizen has been alone for a very long time and Kaizen is quirky. Not entirely there, sometimes misunderstanding you, as if the circuits are scrambled or deteriorating. But Kaizen seems friendly, and almost immediately upon entering the ship, asks you if you want to stay alive and return to Earth. Yeah, that, that was a creepy moment. <laughs> it was really creepy. Kaizen tells you that they will take you back to Earth if you destroy the ship's singularity drive, an experimental graviton-based jump drive. Uh, that is, according to Kaizen, incredibly dangerous. The singularity drive allows a ship to hop through space, covering great distances in an instant. It might create a black hole event, but destroying it probably won't create a black hole event. And in fact, destroying it would be a favor to humanity, Kaizen says. The Nautilus is in rough shape, and debris from the Europa 11 disaster is peppering the hull, and it certainly doesn't help matters. When asked, Kaizen says that something went wrong with the Europa 11's reactor, causing the accident. As you explore the ship, you come across the living room. Kaizen attempts to make the place nice and welcoming for you, if you're patient enough to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the room is a wreck, the kitchen completely borked, the food lying around rotten. There are also books and papers scattered around, some novels and a lot of texts on AI systems and robotics. Music plays and black and white film clips play in the background. And isn't it like, uh, what is it, M Metro or something? Metropolis. Is metropolis it's it's metropolis yeah yeah i got yes. close yeah yeah it's close. honestly got a little bit of like a fallout vibe to it yeah it does mm. um you discover that you can access log files from each kaizen terminal most of the log files are missing or corrupted but some reveal transcribed conversations between two crew members and sometimes those crew members conversing with kaizen 
you learn that there were two people aboard the Nautilus. One was a woman named Nandi Saka. At this point, you don't know the second crew person's name, but you learn they invented the singularity drive. You discover that Kaizen had spoken with Kurt Taylor, your boss, about the singularity drive. Taylor had charged Kaizen with keeping the singularity drive far away from Earth and seeing to it that the drive is destroyed. Kaizen is extremely interested in keeping humans safe and protecting human life. Using a memory editor program to enter the upper deck bedroom, you discover a room frozen in lived-in disarray. There are papers and books about robotics and AI here as well. And there are also some random notes which read, I don't want you to leave? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I know you and Kurt were close? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Kaizen tells you that this was Nandi's room. Kaizen is incredibly fond of Nandi and misses her, revealing that she died. She walked out into space and didn't come back. Kaizen calls Nandi his best friend and seems to have cared for her. Logs reveal that Nandi was trying to get Kaizen to take her back to Earth, but that Kaizen couldn't do it because the maps had been erased. Kaizen then tries to convince her that the Singularity Drive is dangerous and that it needs to be destroyed. Your investigation is cut suddenly short as Europa 11 debris slams into the window of Nandi's room. The room is locked down and you can't escape. And within minutes, the window breaks and you are thrown into space. Good thing you're wearing your spacesuit because you survive. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I thought yep. I died in that moment. I was like, well, <laughs> apparently I just die here. Yep. I don't know what I did okay. wrong, but I'm dead. This I, is it. I thought yeah. that exact, exact thing too. I was like, ah, this is <laughs> yep. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean the door is closed? I didn't know I was playing um, a Sierra game. Damn. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what actually I what wrong? I thought too. It was like, oh man, I missed something back there and I screwed up apparently. All right, fine. Yeah, it's just like the Dark Souls movie. You died. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you manage to find an airlock, but when you contact Kaizen, they don't believe you are who you say you are. Kaizen is convinced you're dead and asks you to prove yourself. Eventually, Kaizen believes you and lets you in. Glad to know that you survived. From the logs you learn, Nandi made her final fatal space walk in 1990, and upon return to the airlock, Kaizen allegedly didn't recognize her. The transcription is cut off abruptly as the singularity drive is activated. Kaizen lets you into the garden and admits to having withheld some very important information from you. Big Kaizen surprise. wants to know if you're angry about that. <laughs> Big surprise. The AI is hiding yeah. stuff from us. Oh, no. Uh, Kaizen admits that the second crew person was Annalee Johnson, the founder of ITS and the inventor of the Singularity Drive, and Nandi's murderer. She involuntarily killed herself quote unquote seven years ago and Kaizen definitely is not very, suspicious at all definitely yeah. not Kaizen is very sorry for lying they just didn't want you to freak out that was all it sure it was yeah that was not Kaizen's reaction when I played through it right oh really oh, oh that's what he oh it's he how he reacted with me he I, well it's probably because I, I walked into the room when I wasn't supposed to he was to, probably but... mad at you man Oh yeah, he was he was going like I swear I didn't kill her and I'm like I didn't say you did and he's just like I didn't kill her but you have to believe me and I'm like okay I believe you and he's like I don't believe you and I was like <laughs> shit <laughs> now you're just being sassy uh huh like yeah he just was completely convinced that oh, I thought God. he was a murderer and that oh, no. yeah it was very hard to get information out of him. So, like, a lot of the stuff you're talking about is stuff I did not know. It's 
Oh, I just want to. I just want to point something out. Every time both of you talk about the AI, you uh, put the he noun to it. Oh, I'm switching. I'm I'm switching between they and he. Okay. Uh, I just yeah. want to point that out because I every time I talk about the AI, I never put a gender to it, and that's probably fine. I just thought Kaizen sounded male. I see. I, I don't know. I always assume AIs are female. Maybe I don't know. It's Amazon <laughs> tainting my mind or something. Yeah, I, I <laughs> I've, I've been switching, and even I noticed in my script because I, I even like edited it to make it be one because I wanted it to be they, you know, genderless singular pronoun. Yeah. Um, and I even missed some where it still says I'm like reading over it. And I'm like, oh, I, I left in the male pronoun there. Huh, that's interesting. But even my original script, I was switching back and forth constantly. It's funny. Uh, hmm. I just wanted to point yeah. that out because that's the exact yeah. point of the oh, yeah. game. And I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I am very good at uh, personifying, you know, projecting my uh, uh, my my humanness onto <laughs> things like that. So that's no problem. I, I, was, I was doing a good job with Kaizen, you know. Right. I was they immediately did, buying in that this is this is this is a person. <laughs> this is just a digital person. Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, Kaizen kind of comes off yeah. as a bit childlike. Kind of. Kind of. It um, depends on how you interact with it. I was yeah, going to say, maybe I, that was, because yeah. for me, the like obstinate, like, I didn't kill her. I didn't do it. I didn't. I was like, it kind of sounded, yeah. again, from my playthrough as being kind of like, I my takeaway was like, oh, you totally killed her, but you maybe didn't yeah. mean to, but yeah. you definitely killed her. Like, yeah. Kaizen can certainly be petulant, yes. because there's definitely some moments, even in my playthroughs, where, where Kaizen could be a little bit petulant. But uh, I, I, I don't know that Kaizen, in my interactions, ever really seemed childlike. Hmm. Um, but... Again, like, but there was those those moments where Kaizen could be very petulant. Like, uh, I, I remember the first time I played this way back when, I was trying to get information about Nandi, and Kaizen was just really not wanting to talk about Nandi, and just was like kind of doubled down in the same way where it came across like just no, she's dead. I don't want to talk about her. She was my friend, but she's dead now. She's gone. Let's just go do something else. Yeah, huh. you asked the same question five times, and the game was like, nope, we're not giving you that information. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, see, and I, the, I think it was two things. It was the petulance, and then it was also he, or it, they, whatever. I, it's male in my head. I don't know why. No, that's um, fine. I don't think there's a wrong way to do it. No, that's but, fine. But, uh, but yeah, like when I was uh, when I was talking to Kaizen, he was like really, um, really liked uh, uh, Nandi, but in a in the way that was like. Like a little kid that was like, no, she was my friend. I mean, I don't know if that was just like my voice for him or they, but it was I, just like. I think I, it's entirely accurate because like my mm. interactions with um, the AI was mostly transactional. Even while I was trying to be polite to it, it was like. Oh, interesting. Hey, can you open the logs for me, please? Sure thing, buddy. Uh, okay. Uh, like I. Yes, I knew I was talking to an AI the the entire time, and that wall was still there the entire time, even though I was trying to be polite to it. And as a funny side note, the second time I played through, when after I got ejected out of the window, I was being a complete douche, and <laughs> the like the music started playing again, 
um, from the intro, uh, mm-hmm. the Hey Judy song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I typed into the console outside was again with that damn music. And, and Kaizen was like, Oh, you're alive. I'm glad. And then opened the door. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I, no way. I complained about no the way. music and the, uh, the AI was like, Oh, you are that person that I just let on board. Okay. Oh, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's crazy. So- See, see, all of you listeners, like this is how it's so. It's just so wildly different. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to become best friends with Kaizen the whole time. I was doing the, you know, like, hey, buddy, and like being like, you know, Kaizen, you're really important to me, and like trying to like, basically brown nose. Um, <laughs> a couple times it caught on to the brown nosing a little bit. It was like you're just doing this to be nice, you know, like because you want something, and then. <laughs> But after, after I kept doing it, it started referring to me as friend and and being very kind to me. Which, unfortunately, at the very end, because I had gone into that room, it screwed me over from getting one of the endings. Um, little spoiler there, by the way. But it meant that Kaizen was somewhat distrustful of me, which kind of broke a little bit of the illusion, because he had become super trusting with me. Like, we were, like, talking to each other like we were besties. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, when things are important, he was just like, I don't trust you. And I was like, oh, hurt. But also like, what? Stab me in the <laughs> tube, Brute. Yeah. Like, yeah, but we, an AI we had never forgets. An AI yeah, never exactly. Yeah, I guess. Funny. You said you'd wait. <laughs> and you and didn't. I, I even tried like a Paul. I was like, I'm so sorry. It was an accident. And, and they were just like, nope. I don't know. It was really interesting. The AI is shockingly smart. There are moments when you can kind of tell it's just an AI, but it's shocking how many responses they they put into this thing. Yeah, that's where most of the work was. That makes sense. Yeah. I totally believe that. And you know the really funny part? Even though we've played through, like, I've played through four or five different times at this point, Mm -hmm. we've probably only seen about maybe five percent of everything they've written for this game oh, i bet mm-hmm. that's true yep, yeah i believe that collectively uh yeah, probably not collectively i'm pretty sure Devin's experience was wildly different enough to cover things that i never would have considered <laughs> well possibly i mean i don't know but i feel like i still probably haven't seen like 10 percent. You know? fair enough fair enough if i've seen more than you guys it's it's not that much more so Sorry, right. we, we sidetracked you horribly. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Uh, so sorry. Okay. No worries. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so at least in my playthrough, Kaizen didn't want to freak me out uh, and tell me things. Um, but anyway, uh, logs show that Annalee was paranoid about Kaizen. Nandi wanted to return to Earth and was prepared to destroy the Singularity Drive to get there. Nandi locked an Annalee out of the bridge to keep her from using the drive. I rate at Nandi's many acts of sub- insubordination and extremely protective of her invention, convinced it was completely safe. Annalee hacks the logs to find out where Nandi hid the code for the bridge. Unfortunately, Annalee's room is locked at this time, so you have to find another way in. The garden is a strange array of notes and figures and calculations and origami. It appears Annalee was trying to find a way to commandeer the helix probes that circle the ship. You discover the way to do this and bring the plan to Kaizen. Kaizen is loath to let you do this at first, unwilling to be party to a plan that will endanger you. But once you convince them that the plan is safe, 
and promise to come back unharmed, Kaizen opens the way for you to go out to the Helix terminals. And I know for a fact that one is context specific because when you're a jerk it doesn't care about your plan oh yeah well i i figured oh, interesting that. yeah huh. yeah yeah uh, you know if you haven't figured out i was doing like friendly i was trying to be friendly with the ai uh in my my go through so it's very hard for me to be mean so i just yes. was like i'm gonna be nice <laughs> can confirm uh, uh-huh. can can confirm um, you hack the Helix probes and command them to slam into Annalee's room window, opening the way for your investigation. You learn from the logs there that Annalee was convinced that the Singularity Drive was safe and would hear no arguments to the contrary. Her dream was for humanity to conquer the stars, and the Singularity Drive was the way to do that. You find Nandi's journal with the bridge code and go back to the pressurized part of the ship. Using the bridge code... You enter the long corridor that leads to the command center of the Nautilus. Oh. Kaizen is extremely, tr- extremely happy that you made it and appreciates all you've done and accomplished. And they guide you forward with encouragement, all the while telling you to ignore the mad scribbles and strange patterns on the walls around you. There is a lot of graffiti here. Diagrams and calculations, philosophical quotes. In big letters is written, the drive equals no more selenites. Kaizen says Annalee was disturbed at the end. She even admitted to killing Nandi, scrawling an apology across the wall. At the end of the corridor are plastered diagrams of the Kaizen 85 core. On the bridge proper, you find Annalee's dead body, mummified in one of the chairs, hooked to an odd device by a nest of wires. Kaizen is dismissive of Annalee's corpse at first, instead cheering you on to destroying the drive and returning to Earth. But... After a little bit of time, Kaizen admits that Annalee tried to merge with them, but that she died in the process. Sad. The partial merge is responsible for Kaizen being so strange and kind of quirky. The logs show (laughs) that Annalee tricked Kaizen into delaying Nandi at the airlock door while she activated the singularity drive. The random jump abandoned Nandi far away with dwindling air reserves and with no maps, no way to return to her. Kaizen felt betrayed and angry that Annalee had roped them into helping her kill Nandi and refused to interact with her again. The logs of Annalee's attempted merge show that she failed to wipe Kaizen completely and so only had partial control of the ship's systems, but was able to phone home to Earth. Annalee shows herself eventually, her text showing red in contrast to Kaizen's blue. She is angry and aggressive, especially if you tried or want to destroy her invention. She insists the drive is safe and tells you that you were played as much as she and Nandi were. She reveals that she was able to contact Earth. But immediately after that, Kurt Taylor set up a Europa 11 mission with someone aboard who could destroy the Singularity Drive once and for all. Annalee wasn't able to wipe Kaizen and take control of the Nautilus without another human mind, and she tries to convince you to join her so that you both can go home as immortal, eternal beings. And the game has four endings, as we've alluded to. You can destroy the singularity drive just as kaizen and presumably your boss wanted kaizen is incredibly happy and is more than willing to take you home after you have done that uh presumably this is all well and good since uh, it'd take a couple of years to return to earth from europa under normal power and hopefully kaizen fixed the kitchen and there was still some good food uh and safe water you can also refuse to destroy the drive and side with Annalee against kaizen You join her in her cyber realm, and she tells you how everything will be different from humanity with the Singularity Drive, how it'll be better. And you walk back through the corridor, and the door opens to reveal Earth. 
and you can refuse both of them, especially if you were an ass to Kaizen the whole time. <laughs> um, you can piss Kaizen off, and they will erase themselves and leave you alone on the Nautilus, drifting in space forever. And lastly, there's the quote-unquote secret ending, which is apparently a glitch and wasn't intended to be a part of the game. But if you were friendly to Kaizen and kind, and you refuse to destroy the Singularity Drive, you can convince them to take you home with the drive intact. Which I found fascinating. There's also permutations of the endings where mm. you can still be a dick and blow up the drive and then become a Selenite, which I thought was mm-hmm. hilarious. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't get that ending, but, you know, that was the first one I experienced because I was playing really stupid i guess like just following the orders of the ai and then following the orders of anale but uh-huh. yeah it's like I so guess i don't have a choice i'm merging with you sit in the chair yeah. rookie mistake okay, well, Chandler. rookie mistake R- rookie mistake yeah um i uh my first time playing this way back when in 2016 um i got the secret ending oh um my first try I didn't even know it was a secret ending. I just <laughs> thought it was one of the endings. I knew there were multiple endings. And so I was like, well, but I mean, I don't necessarily want to destroy this thing because maybe it just needs more study. Like, you know, I don't trust corpos. Like, what what's going on? So I, like, just asked Kaizen, like, please, can we just go home? I'd really like to go home. I'm not going to do the thing. And then Kaizen relented, was like, well, okay. I guess because we're such good friends, I'll take you back to Earth. <laughs> and I was like, wow, cool. Like, that seems like it's a really hard ending to get. And then, like... I read on, I think it was on Kotaku, they had an article about it saying that this wasn't supposed to be a real ending. And I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, oh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, hmm, that's interesting. Um, weird. <laughs> right. So, it- I was just a little too nice, I guess. Uh, being, being too friendly. That is super interesting. I, yeah. I am completely unsurprised that you ended up with that as your first ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is kind of in character for you, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty on brand. <laughs> you gotta say, like, come on, Kaizen, we can still be friends. We don't need to destroy it. It just needs, it just needs more study. <laughs> That's so I... We won't turn it on. We won't turn it on. We'll just go back. It's fine. <laughs> That is so funny. I I was super confused. I accidentally got the, you know, I became a Solonite without meaning to on my first playthrough. I When I was trying to be nice, Kaiser just did not trust me. But I also didn't trust him. I was kind of confused. I didn't know what to do. And I was trying to just kind of like dodge everything. I was just like, I can't commit to anything. I don't know what to do. Guess I'm going to become a mummy. (laughs) Well, and I can't remember exactly how it all played out. But there was like... I don't know, there was like a moment where it was like, I, I got, I basically, I, I accidentally sat in her, her seat without <laughs> actually meaning to. I told her like, I basically told her to go screw herself and then like stumbled into the seat essentially. <laughs> and so it was really funny for her to go from like hating me and like being a jerk and being like, you know, like, like really ticked with me to being like, we're going to become Solonites together now. And I was like, whoa, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, didn't agree I don't want this. that shit. I, I didn't agree to <laughs> yeah. this helmet that I put on my head. <laughs> I, for some reason, I don't remember. I The game kind of confused me slightly, apparently, on multiple things. I just got a couple things wrong, and I don't know why, but it happened to me several times through my first playthrough. 
the first playthrough cool. is so funny in this game. Like just it so is. funny. Like you look back and be like, "Wait, why did I become a Selenite again?" Yeah. <laughs> I well, especially I don't think I totally I think this is part of the problem is I didn't actually fully understand the Selenite thing. I think I missed some stuff, and I think what happened is I played a little bit of the game and then walked away from it for, like, days and then picked it up again and forgot some of the information from the beginning. That would do it. And, yep, and so when they were explaining, like, what it was like to be a Solonite during that, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good at all. I, uh, I don't, I'm not comfortable with this at all. So I ended up playing through it again to make sure I didn't get that ending, but, <laughs> yeah. hilarious. So I got, Aww. I got two of them. So, <laughs> I I was not nice enough though to get the the one you did, Devin. Yeah, neither was yeah. I. Despite but my efforts, ju- apparently you got to be like super nice. I'm not even really sure. Like, I'd be really interested to know like what constitutes being nice enough to even to be at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I accidentally insulted Kaizen multiple times. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't. It's know. actually kind of hard to do. Yeah, that's why yeah. it's a secret ending. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. So I was like asking how you know how people died, and I was like, "How did they die?" And that was part of the like, I didn't kill her. I'm like, I'm not asking that. I just can you tell me a story at least, or tell me you're not going to tell me anything other than just thinking I'm accusing you because I'm not. Yeah. What do you mean involuntarily? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does kind of like go off of the you know the whole concept of like you can't tell tone from text and i think oh, the game absolutely. plays with that a little bit oh yeah that's kind of the, the game both wants sides. you to start reading tone into that which if you're someone who has like crippling anxiety like me that's just a disaster <laughs> wait it's like because kaizen will say something really weird and it's like okay was that passive aggressive like is kaizen mad what did I do? Remember, it's <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Like, what does this read like? And then I read it again. It's like, no, it really sounds like Kaizen's mad. I don't know uh-uh. what I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll know when you get Kaizen mad. I oh, just yeah. asked. I just asked them to open the door. Also, their knock knock jokes are like not knock knock. Well, there's one knock knock joke, and then there's other jokes, and they're like exactly the kind of jokes that I would expect a computer to tell. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't get any jokes. Yeah, neither did you I. You didn't get any jokes. Okay, so Kaizen tells a, a couple of jokes. Um, the what? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. So there's one. It's like... I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something like, you know, why did the, you know, why did, you know, why did the baby cross the road? And you go, I don't know why, Kaizen goes, because it bounced off the windshield when you hit it, you monster. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's like, what? And it's exactly the kind of joke I would expect an AI to tell. Like, this is funny, but, like, not in, no, Kaizen. Like, this is not funny in the way that you think it is. <laughs> oh, my God. I could imagine the writer that figured that out was like oh, oh my god nobody's gonna read the- this joke but i'm gonna put it in because it is funny and fucked up oh i should have written them all down um because i i got three different ones and they're all like wow. just just weird they're just weird jokes <laughs> oh my god that's so amazing i i'm genuinely a little jealous your right. playthrough is so amazingly different from mine yeah, yeah. mine was oh boy and <laughs> Just just wait until I tell you the the when I pick this okay, well I'll just tell you. Um <laughs> I tell it, I tell you so, right now. 
so so like <laughs> I said, like um, I I obviously I remembered a lot from playing it back when, and of course you know it's been a long time. Like some of your memories may get fuzzy or whatever, but sure. I mean I had such a good experience with it that I remembered it pretty well. So I thought, okay, well I'll just like you know, pick my role play character and I'll start in this one so that I can, you know, start making my notes and stuff so we could do the podcast and da 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 da. And so I pick my character and I, you know, I'm kind of role playing and I don't know what was happening. I don't think I was doing really anything different from my first time through, but for whatever reason, it was bizarre to talk to Kaizen. <laughs> Kaizen was not talking to me like they were all together. Like huh. I would I would ask a question and then Kaizen would say something completely weird and that's how I was getting the jokes. Oh, wow. interesting. Like I was getting jo- like you know and like there was like the things like could you open the door please? Thank you. You know, that kind of thing was fine, but as soon as I started like asking questions about like you know things around the ship like where are the crew and i mean like not even like asking multiple times but just like asking it once and kaizen would say something bizarre like i had just gotten onto the ship like i had just i just docked and my characters walked in and met kaizen and i can't remember what i asked but it was something about the crew like you know well where is the crew right mm-hmm. and then kaizen just out of the blue goes I really miss Nandi. Nandi was my friend, but she's gone now. <laughs> oh, God. And it was like, and I mean, I, I know the story, so I know what this is in reference to, but I'm like, that's kind of weird, Kaiser. Where's the what crew? Are you... Nandi was my friend. Nandi she's was my friend. Now. She's gone now. And it's like, Kaiser, you sounded real creepy. And <laughs> yeah. it was just really weird. Like, I I'm not sure why or what was going on. Like, I don't know if, like, maybe I was talking in two complete of sentences or what? Because even when I was doing, like, simple phrases, like, it felt like Kaizen was... It was so hard to communicate. It didn't feel like actually conversing with an entity. Like, it felt like conversing with an entity that has some kind of intelligence. But Kaizen seemed really crazy. Like, like Kaizen was (laughs) super fried by this whole Anale thing. Like... I don't know. It was so weird. And I'm like, I don't know if I can get through the game playing like this because I don't feel it. Like it felt way more creepy that way. (laughs) Like what is happening? So I didn't even feel like I was having complete conversations. Like I was sort of like, like, I can't remember. There was one thing where just suddenly I was saying something and then suddenly Kaizen says, well, you know, Kurt Taylor's your boss. (laughs) What? I'm like, yes, Kurt Taylor is my boss. And like, yeah, because you work for the for the ITS. And I'm like, yes. And then (laughs) and then Kaizen goes, yeah, the Europa, the Europa 11, you know, the reactor, you know, went wrong. Something went wrong with the reactor. And that's that's why it had a critical failure. And I'm like, Kaizen, I haven't asked you anything about this. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? What is any of this? It's funny. What is is what is happening? And it's like, I ask like about Annalie, like when you get to that point about Annalie and it's like, well, who's Annalie? You know, what, what did she do? Like, did you like her? Like things like that. And then like, you know, and he says the thing about like, you know, well, she involuntarily killed herself seven years ago. (laughs) And I say, what do you mean involuntarily? And then 
he he tells a knock knock joke. <laughs> oh God, he's it a psychopath. So, and I'm like, and I was like, a I don't know what I did. Like I don't know what's happening. I don't know why it's like this because this isn't at all how I remember it before like i had like actual like you know facsimiles of actual conversations with kaizen before and then like my playthrough after that one it was a little bit better but it was still really weird that's so funny like it it, it was still weird and so i'm like i don't know what i've done i don't know what i'm doing differently than but before you broke kaizen i broke kaizen like kaizen just complete and it's like way more creepy it's like way more like a horror game when Kaizen doesn't communicate with you properly. Because before, like yeah. my first playthrough, I remember there were definitely moments where it seemed like the chatbot couldn't parse what I was saying quite right. And so Kaizen would say something really weird. But it was never weird, like, here's just a random plot point that I'm going to tell you way ahead of when you should get it. <laughs> or here's just a random joke that seems a bit off. It's like it's funny you bring basically that up. like did you kill her? Knock <laughs> knock. Like, You're you telling a knock knock joke after that question. <laughs> yeah, uh... yeah, I know. It's like what? It's like did 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 Annalee like origami? And it's like oh yeah, she loved origami. Uh, you know. Also, she murdered Nandi. Just by the way, and it's like oh okay. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> okay. Yep. And then yep. Kaisen would get like mad at me, like not mad, but like irritated that like I wanted to know things. Which I, which I was being super friendly and stuff. So I'm like, why are, why are you mad? I just asked you to open the door, like, <laughs> or the elevator. Like Kaiser just got so, like, seemed so weird about the elevator in the garden. I'm like, could you please call the elevator? <laughs> oh, he did that with me too. I can't remember yeah. what he said, but I remember I being remember. like, what's the deal with the elevator? Yeah, it's like you keep asking about the elevator. Like, I know it's fun, but it can't be that fun. I'm like, Kaiser, please. I just, I just I, want to use the damn elevator. I just, <laughs> yeah. and especially when it was like my first time asking to call the elevator. It's like, I don't know what it is with you being so fascinated with the elevator. I'm like, it's the first time. <laughs> it's the first fucking time. Yeah. It's like I'm feeling like maybe like I'm in an alternate reality where like it's actually a time loop. It's something like um, Groundhog Day or something. Um, yeah, fuck like that, or maybe it's something like Moon, where there's like clones of me. Like, I've I'm not I'm like I was here, but like actually Kaizen knows about another me who was here before and was like just really weird about the elevator, and now I'm here. And as far as Kaizen's concerned, I'm still the same me, but it's not I'm not that me. That's, <laughs> like, well, that's actually what I was gonna ask. Is like, did it somehow have like persistent game data? So like, it... no, it couldn't. Huh. It couldn't do because this is a a completely different computer and also a, a completely different platform. That's so. Funny. Oh my. Okay. Because wow. otherwise, I would have thought that was the case too—that there was like some sort of weird cross with like persistent save game data. But no, no, Kaizen was just really bizarre. Maybe Kaizen knew that I'd already played the game and was like, "I'm gonna fuck with you." Like that seems like fun. <laughs> Jokes on you. You got right. Bizarro, Kaizen. Yeah, I know. It was very weird. And so I was like, I'm like, this isn't at all like, and so I was like, so I'm thinking as I'm like finishing up my playthrough, I'm like, okay, did I misremember this whole game? And like, it, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. And so I'm like really worried of hearing from you guys about 
what your experiences were because I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to come into this and be like, yeah, so the chatbot doesn't work very well. It's kind of <laughs> weird. And I'm like, oh no, I was the one that suggested this and said it was really good. And, uh, but apparently I just got Bizarro Kaizen in this timeline. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny. If- Kaizen was left alone for a little too long for you. That's all. I guess. <laughs> it was just Kaizen was having a lot of problems. It's funny you bring up the uh, Kaizen brought up Nandi immediately because like I ended up on my first playthrough and that maybe that was one of the priming things besides playing Phasmophobia right before it um right but one of the things was I was like so what happened to the crew and then it just brings up Nandi it's like that's what happened to me yeah I was like who is Nandi and oh she was the ship's lead engineer okay where is she uh she's not where is she's not here right now why are you being evasive huh right What, what, where did she go? She walked out into space and she never came back. I didn't even get that answer from it. It was just straight I didn't up the fucking. Oh wow! Yeah, to yeah. Me. Kaiser gave me that. Like she walked out into space and never came back. And I'm like, okay, is this Event Horizon? Like that was exactly what I was primed for too. <laughs> yeah. know, right. Especially once he he tells you about the singularity drive. Yep. And it's like, oh yeah, it's it's graviton based, and I'm pretty sure destroying it won't cause a black hole event. And it's like. <laughs> You're so trustworthy. Yeah. Let me just uh, find where the mainframe is and reset you real quick. It's it's like I said, I sh- he was instantly defensive. It was like he was telling me about Nandi and how he was or she was his friend, and I was like, "Where's Nandi?" And like his first thing was like, "I didn't kill her," and I was like, "Oh, super not suspicious. Good job." I was like, "She's dead," and and he's like, "Yeah, she's dead." But I didn't kill her. And I'm like, well, how did she die? I didn't kill her. I'm like, okay. But how did she die? I'm telling you I didn't kill her. I'm like, I am now convinced you killed her. I wonder what... I wonder what I did differently that Kaizen would then say what happened to her when Kaizen does not want to tell you what happened to her. He would not tell me. Like, just nothing I said would... Like, just got defensive. Yep, immediately defensive and would not come out of it. And then I did... That was the one time I got to the point where he just, like, started talking about something else because I kept going at it. I'm like, maybe I'm asking this question wrong. And so, like, I apologized to him. I was like, I don't know how smart this AI is, but I'm just going to try to play this off like I was talking to a person. And I was like, I'm sorry, Kaizen. I didn't mean to offend you. But, you know, what happened? And then he just gave me a nonsense answer. And I was like, okay, I confused the AI. I I think I'll find this out later, apparently. I I don't get to know now. (laughs) Yeah. I think (laughs) that's like asking about Anale's stuff, too, where Kaisen just gets confused and is like, I I don't know. And it's like, this is weird, though. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think if you ask about the crew specifically, you end up with the Nandi response. If you ask Mm -hmm. if anyone else is on board, the AI doesn't end yeah. up getting as defensive. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, which is really fascinating from like a semantics point of view that the AI, the chatbot, sees a very like I mean obviously there's a different semantic that they're different words, but like that the 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 meaning underlying those two different phrases are completely fucking different. Yep. Yeah. Like whereas a human when I said, you know, where are the crew? You know, another human would be like, oh, well, they're they're gone. I've been alone for a really long time, you know, whereas 
for Kaizen, like, the crew means Nandi for some reason. You know? Like, that's the trigger word. I, I, yeah. I, it's so cool. Like, it's very... Like, they programmed it so interestingly. It's so great. And if you want to know a little bit more about it, I hi, I'm, I'm going to hype this, like, a lot. Because it's a really fascinating video. Mm-hmm. But the GDC talk kind of goes into the nine states that uh, Kaizen can be in from absolutely... Mm adoring you to despising you as a human being and wanting to keep you locked outside because you're such a jerk right i'm sorry dave i'm afraid i can't do they do have those moments and i actually experienced my only death in the game there because of that yeah oh really yep did kaizen let you die yep wow Wow. Okay. Yep. I, I didn't. Know I he could was never be that, that mean to Kaizen. <laughs> I, yeah. I was mean to Kaizen, and I did not apologize. Ooh. And Kaizen let me die. Yep. Wow. <laughs> it was great. I died out there, but only because I was stupid with my oxygen. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Google. Yeah. Hi, right. Google. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. After being a complete uh, jerk, I was expecting Sam Neil to pop out of one of the locked doors and just be right? absolutely crazy. With, on, like the eye, melty eyes. And yeah. The spikes <laughs> pointing out of his head. Yeah. I was really yeah. primed. I should not have played a horror game before playing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did the same thing, so. Yeah. yeah. It's just. But even still, even if you hadn't, I think you still would have felt primed enough for it because there's enough, like I had mentioned earlier, enough references to uh, sci fi horror stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> supposed to be primed for that. Stuff. Yeah. Speaking of the references, did y'all find the uh, Blade Runner reference? Um, if I did, I don't think I would have recognized it. It's in the logs in the uh, final the final room in the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, I think, Anale asking Kaizen the turtle question, the tortoise question. Oh, I missed that. You're walking through the desert and you find a tortoise and it's turned over on its back. Its legs are waving in the air. I didn't even catch that. Really? <laughs> I completely missed it. I read that log and I didn't make the connection. Yeah, yeah I don't it. remember yeah. that at all. That's the uh, that's the uh, the the Voigtkampf, uh question at the beginning of Blade Runner about <laughs> the turtle. But it's interesting for you know Kai- because Kaizen says, "Well, does a turtle po- pose any threat to humans?" No, a, a turtle doesn't pose any threat to humans. Then I will save the turtle. That's huh. an interesting response, and obviously yeah, it, it failed. Yeah. Voight-Kampf test, but... Still. Yeah, it obviously failed the Voight-Kampf test, and it was mostly just there as a reference, but I thought that was an interesting does the turtle pose a threat to humans? No? Then I will save the turtle. <laughs> I mean... That is funny. Priorities straight for the AI, I guess? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. But, yeah, that this is just a really fascinating game. Agreed. It's, it's fascinating. I actually am really glad that I went in completely and utterly blind mostly because mm-hmm. of the experience that I had the first time and ending up being a complete and utter baby about going into it, like into the <laughs> ship, which I want to uh-huh. point out this ship is like probably hundreds of thousands of, or probably about a th- thousands of tons, like a big ship. Oh yeah. It's oh, huge. It's big. Yeah. It's huge. And the crew is, it really feels like you don't see a fraction of yeah. it. And the crew is two, Yep, two people. 
Yep. When they say uh, yeah. this uh, monstrosity from the 80s, they really do mean a monstrosity from the 80s. Yep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's a nice ship, too. There's like a grand piano and the, the quote-unquote living room is massive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With these huge windows and... <laughs> the yeah. fish tank that the fish have long since died and been yep. uh, fished out of. Uh, yep. Yep. I, I actually got really concerned. There's a log that says the temperature of the fish tank when it was in Celsius. And so I had to go convert. Because I'm like, oh, no, did Kaisen boil the fish? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go convert. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That's 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 normal. That's normal fish tank temperature. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it's okay. The fish just died. Yeah. You know, it's been a long time. Fish don't live that long anyway. And they weren't getting fed. Um, <laughs> but I was really concerned because it said, you know, it, it was something like, you know, aquarium temperature adjusted and then it gave a temperature. And I'm like, I don't know Celsius. I was stupid American. <laughs> 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 what does it mean? I had to go to Google. I'm like, Google, help me. Tell me what the Celsius. Oh, that's normal. <laughs> okay. Phew. Yeah. <laughs> Kaisen didn't kill the fish. Yeah. Only you would be worried about digital fish. I, I, I was very worried about the digital thing. It's funny. <laughs> I was also worried about the little Roombas. Oh, oh they were so cute. Yeah. <laughs> They're so adorable, and each of them has, like, an emotion. It's I know, like, it's what? so great. This cleaning bot is Wait, nervous. I'm didn't... like, oh, baby, don't be nervous. You didn't notice that, Chandler? I noticed one cleaning bot, but I didn't notice more than one. Oh, they're there everywhere. so many. They're everywhere. <laughs> I just thought they were garbage. <laughs> nope. There's, they're no. all over the place. Most of them are broken, and they're, they're little, like stuck they're doing things. Roombas. Yeah, they're yep. like little Roombas, and one is depressed, and it feels yep. really sad when you find that one because it's like this one's depressed because it's been locked in the bathroom for like you know decades. Holy shit! Yep. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. I was just like, oh look, yeah. it's a thing. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, because if you know when you, you hover over it. For people who haven't played the game, and uh, like you hover over it, and it'll like over you, you hover your mouse like your crosshairs over things, and it'll tell you what it is or what it says. And so, if you hover over one of the little Roombas, it'll say like it's a you know KZ something something cleaning bot or whatever. And then afterwards, in parentheses, it'll say like it's mood. I yep, it'll be like dazed, or, <laughs> dazed, you know, confused, nervous, uh-huh. <laughs> depressed, and it's like oh, I didn't even notice what any of those. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're they're pretty funny. I was hoping I'd get a chance to like interact with one of them at some point. I know we do. Yeah, no, no dice. Yeah, I think there was a but bunch of I, opportunities to make this game a little longer, but I think the length that they put was just about right for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the more the more the longer it is, the more you have to do for the AI, like mm-hmm. on an exponential scale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that so, like the more complex the ai then has to be exactly um, the more the more that there is to do you know and yeah. stuff because there, there's not a whole lot to this ai honestly like mm. in the talk they talk about it and it's kind of funny because um basically the what it does is like a couple passes one is to clean up all the grammatical errors that you inevitably put in because typing in unity is apparently painfully delayed <laughs> And then uh-huh. you, um, after it does that, it searches for key f- words or phrases, and it has like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what do you call them, synonyms to them, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it compares it to where you are in the story and 
what to like different responses and then it randomizes some of the yeah. words in the response and that's about hmm. it for the ai that's pretty that's pretty great and the that's neat best part about that is the there was a dude in the uh audience that asked questions afterwards from microsoft uh-huh. and he's like yeah but did you guys use natural learning or something in it and the the uh developer was like yeah no dude we didn't have the money for that like we didn't even do any of that and the, you could tell by the voice of the uh microsoft dude in the audience he was super disappointed by that response that's so funny <laughs> yeah stay over i was actually i was gonna ask you chandler do, do you know is that ai running entirely on your computer yes or is it reaching out entirely on your machine i was that's that's impressive because it is a very dynamic feeling AI, considering yeah. it's running they, purely in-game. They put a lot of effort into the AI itself to make it feel that way. Because mm-hmm. um, it will give canned responses in some ways. Um, but before it gives the canned response, it will look at the synonym, synonym library. Why does that sound so fake to me right now um but i'll look at that <laughs> because you're thinking of a thesaurus something like yeah exactly it's like a thesaurus yeah. that it, it consults yeah it looks at that yeah. and then it will change words up and rephrase some of the words to make it feel random so or make it feel more natural wow so yeah. they did it's impressive they did put a lot of work into the ai but fundamentally it doesn't use as much of like traditional ai that you would expect mm-hmm. it's a chatbot. It's a very efficient AI. Well, yeah, it's dumb in many yeah. regards, but yeah, it. I would, I would love to see a game using like this similar concept where you speak with an AI, but it's like the kind of AIs that you get now, like the ones that seem very, very like people, like the ones that are like the auto concierge on telephone calls and shit. Oh, and they yeah. seem like real people and that you have to ask something very, or say something very specific to get it to reveal itself as an AI. Like that kind of stuff would be, that'd be really cool to see mm-hmm. in a narrative game where you, you interact with a, an AI that, that that's more sophisticated in that. Way. And I don't know. Uh, that'd be really cool. That's kind of what the, um, ocelot society wants as well because hmm. uh, okay good they should definitely do that well, shut up and take my yeah, money right yeah right well i think they're still obviously very fascinated by it because that was literally what yeah. made their company but yeah i think that if you're going to do something like that you're going to have to make it more novel than event zero was mm. maybe tying in voice recognition or something like that would, yeah, I, I was going to say, if, if so the people cool. that did Phasmophobia and the people that built this got together, oh my god. <laughs> I feel like, yes, please. I feel like it would be a massacre, because those are two fundamentally different design approaches. They're fundamentally different, yeah. <laughs> but right. at the same time, AI like that, no. with the ability to respond, but, you know... Yeah, right. I, I, I'm, I don't care what the game is. Man, that sounds that interesting. That would be super wild. I, I would... I would love that. I would love to test out a game that was like that with, you know, with the voice recognition where you're talking to yes, the AI and it's responding back to you. Like that would be so cool. A part of part of me is like this is so cool. This is the coolest thing and then another part of me is like it's kind of creepy though. Like that's kind of scary that we're there. Like <laughs> That is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it but it'd be super cool, especially if it's going to do things like Kaizen did on my 
my my playthrough he, this time where it was just really weird all the time Bizarro for no Kaisen. reason at all. <laughs> yeah. It's like serial killer Kaizen. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I agree that this game was very, very fascinating, especially from not just a player perspective, but a developer perspective as well. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if people have noticed this but i am a huge sucker for novel mechanics and approaches and designs and this mm-hmm. one scratched a Hadn't number noticed. of itches number of itches so same yeah yeah it's yeah i really enjoyed this and i <laughs> it it hit almost the same way that uh stars die did mm-hmm. at least to me where i wanted to 100 percent this game which i never do so like <laughs> that's saying something yeah games yeah. don't usually make me feel that way but yeah this one was very good i i liked it i i want to see what they could potentially do if they extended the length of the game time yes mm-hmm. i feel like there was opportunities mm-hmm. to put more puzzles into it but i i'm not sure that the game would have benefited Cause when i looked at the yeah. um the fish tank i was expecting a puzzle out of that <laughs> oh interesting well like that's interesting it made, it made sense like this is going to be a puzzle nope it's not a puzzle oh look at this this is going to be no chandler you can't look at that that's not a puzzle why are you looking for puzzles <laughs> in this game there's there's no real puzzles because you've been trained you've been trained so well oh my god i've been playing too many adventure games apparently yeah. uh-huh. well, i mean there are puzzles like you got to do some puzzles to unlock information and whatnot but they're very yeah. simple these are yeah. these aren't sierra level puzzles or the dig no. level puzzles or anything like that like i was expecting no, they're, they're, those you solve it on your first or second shot without much effort yeah i was expecting yeah. something a little bit higher stakes in the puzzles but yeah no it's for the best that they weren't in there nope they're easy that would have made the game fundamentally yeah. worse. yeah because then you would have been just gotten frustrated and you wouldn't be able to continue and that's not really what the game is about yeah, it's about the ai gotta make it all about mm-hmm. the ai and mm-hmm. they, they did very good in focusing on that one i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what what this development studio comes out with next yeah right well apparently the only thing that they have to their names so far according to wikipedia is event zero but make of that what you will i mean they could be working on something yeah yeah i don't i don't know how event zero did sales wise but i don't think it was a flop it was uh critically acclaimed yeah, yeah. that doesn't sound like a flop so presumably this studio is still you know <laughs> around yeah we can hope i mean at the very least, I hope they use it to make a runway for their next game. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Did you guys have any other impressions? I'm... Okay. I do want to talk about the music first, though, because the music mm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And the Hey Judy song is an immediate earworm for me, at least. <laughs> and I it, the music it. is incredible. Totally sets yeah. the stage. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and they used the Hey Judy thing in, like, three or four different remixes. But, mm-hmm. And then they have, like, the ending song, which mm-hmm. is more of the sci-fi 
what you expect from a sci-fi but hey judy is remixed into four different songs in four different situations and otherwise you only have ambient sound and i think they did that really well i agreed i i think they did an amazing job with that yep i agree if they added more music it would have had to been diegetic Mm-hmm. And, and i feel like that would have yeah. made the game worse because it have been like random 80s rock in like somebody's <laughs> room which would have been cool but i i th- feel like that would have taken away the discovery a bit yeah it probably would have and there's an ambience to just the kind of near silence the ship has so yeah and that's i think that's important yeah. it leads to it yeah. feeling abandoned so mm. yeah being alone and all you yeah. have is the ai Yep. I ended up apologizing to Kaizen a lot. I was just like, was it hard being alone by yourself for this long? That that seems like it'd be rough. (laughs) Yeah. That's rough, buddy. Frowny face. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, he actually was, he actually said like, like, yeah, this has been really hard. So. (laughs) Yeah. It's cool. Couldn't imagine that. Be great. Yeah. That's how people go mad. (laughs) Indeed. Yep. Even digital people. (laughs) <laughs> you're not people <laughs> kaizen you're not people at all i'm not gonna say that seriously but that was i think that the ai was very well done in this even if it was simpler than the microsoft dude expected right i would mm-hmm. agree well it, it was yeah. exactly as complicated as it needed to be exactly yeah they didn't yep. they didn't overthink it they didn't let the engineer be the enemy of the good i mm-hmm. The, the talk of it was so fascinating. It was gave a lot of insight to the game after I played it. And I was like, oh, this makes me want to play it again. Which most GDC talks don't actually make me want to play their games. Because they're GDC talks. They're talking about the tech or the art or the methodology or whatever. But this talk made me want to play the game again even though i was talking about the tech because it is such a fascinating game that's awesome yeah i'm definitely gonna check it out i'll highly recommend highly recommend yeah uh any other thoughts on this game no i think we kind of covered everything i had to say oh cool it was good go play it i love it it's wonderful please go play it yes well why don't we uh close it out here and Give some pluggables. You got it. Wolves go first. Nose goes. Oh, damn it. I can't see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's me. <laughs> yeah, I just was hoping if I stayed silent long enough that that would be implied. Oh, so, damn it. Okay. Tom's just like disappearing into the hedge like Homer Simpson. <laughs> like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. I'll go first. Uh, yeah, people can find me as uh, at JC Siron on Twitter. I also do the Adventure Mechanics side quests, which goes over the game that I'm personally developing right now. And Go check it out. It's, it's genuinely cool. Yeah, it's just short talks where I talk about one aspect that's been stuck in my craw over the last month. So, yeah, kind of fun talks. Yeah uh i guess i will okay um i was expecting us to go in the in the same order as the outro so i was just waiting but (laughs) ah too bad i I will step on this mine um (laughs) so (laughs) i uh um i'm tom and uh uh i've got 
a couple of things. I've got an Instagram and a YouTube channel under the same name, which is Tomakaze, T-O-M-A-K-Z-E. Um, most of that is car-related and not particularly video game-related, but uh, feel free to check it out. Uh, there's some pretty cool stuff on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. How about you, Devin? Okay. She's the it's most interesting turn. one. Maybe yeah. the best for last. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Lady Marowith. And uh, you can also, if you are interested in actual play tabletop role-playing games, you can catch me on McStabber Studios on Twitch on uh, Sunday afternoons um, for Windy City After Dark, a Vampire the Masquerade uh, Chronicle. I play Eleanor Thurston of Clan Malkavian. And if the rest cool. of the group is half as good as you, it should be a blast to watch. Oh, it, oh that's so nice. Thank you. Uh, ev- everybody is good. It is it is a fun story. Um, at that time of recording, we just learned that there are at least uh, two demons in the city of Chicago uh, on top of all of this other nonsense that the Coterie has to deal with. Uh, so <laughs> if that's your cup of tea... Uh, we'd love to have you. So, awesome! Yay! I have to catch that at some point. I've been terrible about it. <laughs> <laughs> Better about it than I have been. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Um, yeah, we've been the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Boy. <laughs>